What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. How's everyone doing on this fine whatever day of the week it happens to be when you're listening to this? Yes. Hello, hotties. It is nice to chat with you again. Hope you're having a great week. And yeah, I mean, we have a fun episode coming up. I feel like this is actually going to be like a borderline controversial, not controversial, but like oh, polarizing. Why? Because I feel like, so today we're talking about how to be a morning person. And I just feel like people like are in their camps. Like they're either a morning person or they're a night person. And there's a few in the gray. But I'm just, I'm curious. Does everyone want to become a morning person? I don't know. We're going to teach you how to because... At least I'm a morning person. You're pretty much a morning person, or at the very least, you can be a morning person. I like to say I'm like a late, naturally, I'm like a late morning person. Like I love a like 10 a.m. That is like my peak. Um, But I definitely have had to become more of a morning person like during COVID and everything because I feel like otherwise it's just really hard to find like time for yourself during the day. So we'll get into it. We got all the tips. I feel like we actually have like some good science in here too. I yeah, some fact based. We did our due diligence, (laughs) (laughs) so we're excited to get into that. But before we do that, let's jump into our segments and kick it off with the week in review. So I have a couple updates this week. I was going to talk about like being in the home stretch for work, but I feel like you guys are just so tired of hearing about that because I'm tired of talking <laughs> about it. So I have other updates to give. First is like a good thing. And the second is it ended up being an okay thing, but it was a complicated thing in the moment. So the first thing is that I actually ended up joining a dance company here in Boston, which I'm excited Ooh. about. Do you guys know in my 2021 goals, uh, one of my big goals was to like reconnect with dance and like find a way to keep it in my life. So this is, seems like it's going to be a good situation. Like it's just, it's after work rehearsals, two nights a week. I was a little nervous about committing to two nights a week, but I think I'll just see how it goes this time around. And if I feel like it's too much, then I can always um, reduce for next season and whatnot. But yeah, I'm excited about it. So I'll keep you guys posted on how it goes. It's fun because it's also like a big they're really big into like community too, it seems like. So there's kind of going to be like a meet and greet everyone this weekend and they do like a photo shoot in a couple weeks. So hoping that it introduces me to some new people too, because I also had a goal of making some new friends this year. So hopefully ah. that helps, but yes. that's one thing. And then my other update. I'm excited that, for this one. <laughs> yeah. So Kylie hasn't heard this story. I told her I would tell her live. It's not really like that crazy, but basically I went to a concert on Sunday. It was an outdoor concert. It was at a venue in the seaport of Boston called the Leader Bank Pavilion. I had never been there before. Pretty cool, I guess. So yeah, it's an outdoor venue. So I felt like safe going with COVID and everything. What concert was it? So it was the Quinn and Chelsea um, Uh, this year. Because last year we were supposed to see Quinn and AJR and they like canceled that. So yeah. we got these tickets like a super long time ago and I kind of just forgot about it. And I've seen them mm-hmm. in concert like a bunch of times before yeah. too. Yeah. So that was the concert. And I think, I don't know, I think a combination of things played into this. I think number one, my tolerance has decreased a lot um, <laughs> towards alcoholic beverages maybe in this sure, postgrad sure. life. 
Number two, we bought the White Claw Surges. I don't know if anyone has oh. tried them, but I think that was my my fatal error, really. Um, and number three, I was just excited to like do something like pandemic-wise, mm-hmm. like go to a concert, whatever. So basically, long story short, I think I ended up just like drinking a little more than I wanted to. And honestly, the like I don't think I was disruptive to people around me, but like I was just disappointed in myself because I really didn't get to like enjoy the concert as much as I wanted to mm-hmm. because of that. And yeah, I'm just being real here, you guys. Sometimes we all drink a little more than we want and it's sure. embarrassing and you know, sure. I have like a moral hangover about it. And so this wasn't entirely due to that, I don't think. I think there was just a combination of factors, but basically what ended up happening was I lost my wallet at the concert. And so I brought like a little wristlet, which like I'm Uh never going to do that again. My mom keeps joking. She's like, why don't you get like a nice crossbody? Like ask for a nice crossbody for your birthday. And I was like, you're (laughs) honestly right. So yeah, I think that was one of my like bigger mistakes was that I just brought like – I wanted to have like minimal stuff, right? So I just brought like something handheld. Um, And so – Basically, what I think happened was during the concert, like you had seats, but no one was sitting. It was like one of those, you know? So I put my wallet on the seat or like so I thought. And then when I was going to leave, it wasn't there. So I don't know if it fell underneath and got like pushed to a different row or if someone like I thought someone maybe stole it. Like I was like, I have no idea. And I mean, there's a chance that I maybe like brought it to the bathroom and left it there too. Like I'm not discounting that potential, but basically I left without it. And I was really upset about it and I didn't want to leave without it. But like in the rush of like everyone leaving a concert, there just like wasn't really much I could do or like ask anyone. So it was very stressful. And I woke up yesterday morning and I was like, okay, I need to like get my life together without this wallet, I guess. And like, it's so hard to even have like a first step because you literally don't even have like money to get somewhere or like a, like a transportation card to like get somewhere. Like you, you're so stuck. Like, <laughs> So luck or like your license to like legally drive. So like yeah. luckily I was I live close enough to a Bank of America that I could go there and like get my cards canceled and get like a um the temporary card on like my Apple Pay and like stuff like that. So there's just a lot to sort out and I was ca- trying to call the venue all day just to figure out like if I could get in touch with them, but it's the kind of place that's like only open on days that they have performances going on, which makes Mm. sense. And so I kind of lost hope that I was ever going to get in touch with someone, but I left a bunch of messages and then someone called me back and they were like, we do have the wallet that you described. And I was like, oh my God. So I didn't know that everything was going to be in it. Like I didn't know what the situation was going to be, but this morning, like it literally felt like drive of shame. Like this morning I drove (laughs) back over to the seaport, which is like super far away from me. And, um, I had to like sneak into the venue basically. Like they weren't open and the lady gave me directions, but they were pretty like unclear. And so I literally just like went around like a barrier that was set up and just like let myself into the venue and found someone. And I was like, hi, I was told I could like pick up my lost and found. And they gave it to me and everything was inside, which I feel like is so lucky. Yeah. Like, I don't often make like dumb mistakes, you guys. Like this was very out of character. Yeah, I can and vouch so I was, for that. <laughs> I was like really upset and worried and like felt really embarrassed. And I just like was really hating myself afterwards. Um, and like I thought I had to get like a new license, like new insurance cards. Like I was so concerned about it. Um, but I also had my AirPods because like I said, it was like a little wristlet. So like I thought for sure the AirPods would be gone at least. And everything was in there. So whoever found my wallet and returned it, thank you. God bless. I mean, it literally just could have been on the counter in the bathroom. Like I don't. I don't know where I left it, but I have it back now. I am getting like new cards because like you never know if someone could have like 
taking a photo Charged, of the cards or something yeah. like that. So I'm getting new cards and still dealing with that. But for the most part, I have everything I need. And my Charlie card had like 60 bucks on it. So I was going to be really sad. <laughs> that True. Got lost too. Um, so yeah, that's my saga. I don't, I don't really have a takeaway or a lesson. I guess just like <laughs> don't buy the White Claw surges. <laughs> um, because I think I underestimated like how much significantly higher they really were in alcohol yeah. percentage, which threw me off. And yeah, stuff happens, I guess. But I'm just really, really grateful. Like I feel like all things considered, this worked out super well. So I know that it was just oh, like yeah. I was stupid. The universe has not punished me, and I am grateful for that. So that's my that's my <laughs> week in universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can vouch that Anya. This is a very out of character thing for Anya. Both the <laughs> drinking and like losing your wallet. I'm the one to do that between the two of us, <laughs> if we're being honest with ourselves. Um, but I'm glad you got it back. I'm glad you have everything. Definitely smart to get new cards. And I would say anyone listening, if you're in this situation, that's the first thing you do is you call your bank and you cancel your cards and you order new ones. But glad you got it back. Hopefully those cards come back soon and everything's smooth sailing. I did have to pay $18 to park in the seaport <laughs> to get my sad. wallet back, which was kind of annoying. Oh, that's I thought sad. I would be able to find street parking, but I had to go in a garage because I, I thought I had to be there at a certain time. And so, um, but I guess that's like a small price to pay for like everything you own. So yeah, yeah <laughs> your true. entire identity back. So Yeah, literally. <laughs> Um, for my weekend review, I just have two things. Number one, this past weekend, I went to the Big E. I'm pretty sure the Big E will still be going on when this episode goes out, but that was like kind of my, it's funny that you brought up like going to a concert and that being like you feeling post pandemic. Um, cause that's how this felt for me. This was also outdoors and me and my friends personally like wore masks unless we were eating or things like that. Um, but yeah, it was just nice to like go to this event. It was nice to see my college friends again. Explain what it just, is. Oh my God. I keep forgetting that people don't know what it is. <laughs> so the biggie is like a huge like carnival type of thing in Western Massachusetts. Um, it goes on for three weeks in the fall. Um, and it's just like, I thought it was a big thing in Massachusetts and like New England generally. I'm starting to think it might just be like a huge Western Mass thing. And I only know about it because... My college roommate grew up in the town that it's held in, um, but it's very fun. Uh, they have like all like the different like carnival like food stands and things like that. They have like games you can play. They have those like portable rides that they like to put up specifically for the Big E and then like take down, which is not the vibe that I was going for. Like if I'm going to die, it's not going to be on a portable amusement park ride. Uh, so I avoided those like the plague. But yeah, so it was very fun. We got, um, I got a beer teeny. Oh, it was, what? hear this, hear this. It was uh, <laughs> pumpkin head shipyard mm-hmm. and vanilla vodka with a caramel uh, brown sugar rim. That sounds Beautiful. a lot better than I was expecting. <laughs> it was so good. It was That's so like, good. That's like I've heard the of rim. like beer mosas. Is that what they call uh-huh. it? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. So I... Yeah. I, was it like $15 yeah. or is it like a reasonably priced? I think it was like $13. Yeah. yeah. Well, the drinks yep. at this concert were $22. So. Oh my God. Well, like the the vodka lemonades. You could get like a beer for yeah. less than that. But sure. Not that I bought anything Still. because as forementioned, I. <laughs> True. <laughs> Sufficiently pre-gamed. <laughs> um, but yeah. So went to the Big E and then a less fun little update. I had to have a root canal done. 
which I don't know about you, but like I've always heard that root canals are like horrible, like worst yeah. dental procedure you can have. Here's the situation. I had a filling break. So the tooth that I had the root canal on, I had a filling in. Somehow it broke. I don't know how because I, as far as I know, don't clench like my teeth or grind my teeth or anything like that. So I must have eaten something like hard and like bit down on it enough to crack it and just didn't realize. And essentially what happened was because the filling broke, it left a little opening for like gunk to get in there. And I obviously can't like brush my teeth inside of a filling. Um, so I ended up getting like a, a really large cavity that got super close to my nerve. And when they took the x-rays, it wasn't super clear whether or not the cavity had slipped under my nerve and into sort of like the bone gum area. My dentist was like, if that's the case, like you're going to lose the tooth, like the tooth is a goner. There's no saving it. We're just going to have to extract it, do a bone graft and put an implant in. And I was like, hey. I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I don't want to, I would like to, it's been a rough month. I would like to keep all of my bones in my body. Yeah, just wait, for so this. What thing. is a bone graph? I don't think I know what that is. I'm not a hundred percent sure either, but it's when they take like bone. <sighs> I'm looking it up because I don't know. <laughs> and I don't want to sound like an idiot. Like I know it's an unpleasant situation. Bone graft yeah. in mouth. What you need to know about a dental bone graft. Okay, yeah. This is what I thought. So they essentially take bone from another place in your body. I don't know where he was going to get yeah, it from. Where? I didn't ask these questions. Oh my gosh. But I assume he would have taken some from like my jawbone <gasps> and put it in the like gap in my tooth because there needs to be something solid for the implant to get screwed into. So that's why okay. they do the bone graft. Um, and they'd be taking my tooth out. So there would just be gum. There. And like so we should have would... given like a trigger warning if you hate like dentistry oh, stuff. True, true. I'll put it <laughs> in the description. <laughs> um but yeah, so they would have had to do that, do a bone graft. It would have had to heal for six months before I could get the implant in. So I was just like, that sounds like a lot. That sounds painful. That sounds like not the best recovery. I would have a gap in my smile for six months. And then have a fake tooth, which I'm the fake tooth is the least of my worries. Like, I don't care. But I was just like, everything before the fake tooth is something that I don't want to partake in. So he was like, we can try to remove as much of the filling as possible. And if it hasn't gone or as much of the cavity and if it hasn't gone below your nerve and your bone, then we can do a root canal and save it. I'm likely only going to have this tooth for like 10 years and then I'm going to have to end up just getting it removed anyways. But like I said, I've just kind of been going through it. And if I don't have to lose a bone out of my body, uh, I prefer that at this moment in time. <laughs> and so basically, I, yeah, <laughs> basically I went to um, the dentist and he was like, okay, I'm going to go in. I'm going to remove the cavity. We're going to take an x-ray and see what we're working with. The like 15, 20 minutes it probably took him to remove the cavity I was the worst 15, 20 minutes of my life because I was like, hey, bestie, am I getting a root canal or am I getting like my tooth yeah. taken out of my mouth? I don't know. That's, that's um, uncertain. It was horrible. But I was telling Anya that he finished doing it and he was like, okay, I'm going to take an x-ray. He takes the x-ray and as he's swinging around to see what it looks like, Harry Styles starts playing over the speakers. I'm not kidding. And he goes, I, and this was our exact words from my dentist. He goes, we're over the finish line. Let's do the root canal. 
So I'd like to thank my guardian angel, Harry Styles. Yeah, I was going to say it. In that moment, you knew that God was real. (laughs) (laughs) And that is my first uh, God experience. (laughs) Um, But that really did happen. And I was like, Harry, my sweet baby angel, thank you so much. So yeah, so they did a root canal. And they did like a lot of the times root canals happen in two procedures. They do like the actual like hollowing out of your root. And then you come back for the filling, like a permanent filling and a crown. So I had the root canal done last week and they actually found that the tooth that they did it on is supposed to have two roots and three nerves. And mine has three roots and four nerves. So I keep joking with my dad that that's the reason why I'm sensitive because I have extra nerves (laughs) in my body. That's funny. (laughs) He doesn't like it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's just a fun fact. That has nothing to do with the story. Anyways, my point being, I went back today for the filling and I was telling Anya, I won't get into like the nitty gritty of my insurance because I shouldn't talk about the details of my insurance on the internet. But essentially, for whatever reason, my insurance wouldn't cover a crown until January. So now I have the filling tooth um, until January or I don't know, I'm going to have to figure out what to do and whether I just want to wait out till January or see if I have any other options. But my dentist was like, he basically told me to like eat primarily soft foods and just like be really conscious when I'm not eating soft foods. The good thing is, is that like the left side of my mouth is completely fine. And he was like, the problem is the chewing. Like, it's not like if a piece of like chip hits my tooth, it's not going to just like shatter into a million pieces. (laughs) But if I like chomp down on like a really hard food, like it could break the tooth. Um, So I'm going to try to like- Yeah, I was like, no chewing gum, no Jolly Ranchers, no Jawbreakers, taffy, fruit snacks. Probably not going to, like, dive into that. But, like, I might enjoy a chip and salsa if I'm feeling it. Oh, certainly. So, yeah. So, keep my tooth in your thoughts and prayers that I don't crack it (laughs) before (laughs) January. Because if I do that, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose the whole thing. Because then they're just going to take the tooth out and I'm going to lose it. Oh, my gosh. That's if you guys are wondering, about my dental history. <laughs> if you're wondering why I'm not reacting much, it's because I was in the loop on this whole saga. Oh, yeah. So, yes. Um, but it really is like so stupid to me that dentistry is considered di- like separate from medical because your mouth Agreed. has like so much impact on your overall health. And it's actually funny. It kind of goes into my favorite in like a really weird way. So, should we transition? <laughs> sure. Okay. So my favorite this week is a YouTube channel, and I have enjoyed this YouTuber for a really long time, and I guess I just never thought to bring her up, Um, but her name's Tiffany Ferg on YouTube. I'll have it linked in the description, but she makes really, really, really well-researched, thoughtful commentary videos, I guess you could say, is like her genre, and her specific series that is kind of her like trademark thing is called Internet Analysis where she talks about a trend related to like social media or the internet and like totally um, like, I don't want, what's the word? Like just talks about it for like 30 or 40 minutes. Like they're like long videos. Um, And I feel like she really, like I said, does a ton of research and she's very, very thoughtful to like social issues. Like I just feel like she does absolutely everything right. Honestly, like she's never been Mm -hmm. problematic, like is so careful. I'm going to read you some of the videos that she's done so you can get a taste. Mm -hmm. 
But the reason I said that this was relevant to dentistry is because she actually just did a video on teeth. So let me pull that up. I have, I just looked her up. I've seen her. She's come up on my like recommended page before. I like love her. She doesn't put out videos super often because obviously they take a ton of effort. Sure. Um, But yeah, she made a video called Good Teeth Are Luxury Only the Rich Can Afford Internet Analysis. So like it's a 56 long video about teeth. Like she talks about like influencer smiles, veneers, and like dental care being a human right and not being treated like that. Um, She also did a video called Van Life and the Housing Crisis, the Reality TV to Influencer Pipeline. Um, She also has a vlog channel, which I don't watch, but I probably should. Apparently, she also has a podcast. I'm not sure if she's keeping up with that, but internet analysis is definitely like what I watch her for. So check it out if you're into commentary or just like long YouTube videos. Like they're really great videos to like put on when you're like doing laundry. And she's just so informed, like really, really know, like does her due diligence to like put out great content. So highly recommend. Nice. Love that. I'm definitely gonna have to check her out. Like I said, I recognized her like face from the recommended. So YouTube thinks I'd like it. So yeah, I'm gonna watch it. You would. Um, My favorite this week, it's a book. I'm very proud of myself. We were actually just talking about this a little bit in the community group that Anya and I are in. But I've been really good about reading recently. And I literally read a book. So for those of you that don't know, we're doing a book club episode um, on October 12th where we're reading Beach Read and People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry and chatting about those books. But Anya and I each bought like one copy. So I had Beach Read for a while. She had People We Meet on Vacation. And then we decided to switch and we mailed the books to each other. So in like the it was probably only like five days realistically. It was like less than that. Yeah, I think I yeah. dropped it off on Thursday and it arrived yesterday, Monday. So yeah, yeah. Um, in that time, when I was waiting for people we meet on vacation to come, I read It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. Wow. Colleen Hoover, That's man. She is an icon. She is a legend. She is the moment, I'm telling you. I just, so I'm not going to say anything about the plot because I, I didn't know anything going into the book. And I really do think it's one of those books that like you just shouldn't know anything when you go into it. But something that really stood out to me was just the way that she wrote the book. She does such a good job of putting you into the same mindset as like the main character, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like as the main character goes through like the various conflicts in the book, you, like, know exactly why she's thinking. And, like, you're almost, like, fooled in the same way that she's fooled. I'm trying to, like, say it with, like, explain it without giving away plot No, points. I know what you mean. Like, even if, like, on the outside, some thoughts would be, like, unreasonable, like, because you're so deep in, like, her perspective, like, they make sense. Because, like... Exactly. I feel like I've had that experience with, like, Outer Banks, honestly. Like, they do a lot of, like, character buildup and, like, you understand, like, even if you think this person's crazy, like, why they think the way they think kind of thing, so. Yeah, and it's, like, one of those things where if, like, you would come to me and said, I'm in this situation, I would be, like, okay, you should do X, Y, Z, but, like, her having her, the protagonist in that situation, like, I understand exactly why she's thinking what she's thinking and why she acts the way that she acts, even though it's different from how I would, like, advise someone in my life to do it or how I would even think that I would handle myself in that situation. So I just think it's really good, especially because the book, the main like theme and lesson in the book, I think 
it's really important that it was written that way to like put you in that mindset and be able to really empathize with what the main character is going through. So anyways, that's just a long-winded way of saying if you haven't read it, you should read it. I'm pretty sure it's like regarded as one of Colleen Hoover's best books, if not her best book. Um, and I personally think it's worth the hype because that was something I was nervous about. It was really hyped up and I was like, what if I read this? And it's just not as good as like people hyped it up to be. I actually think it is worth hype. So yeah, you should read it. I'll have to check it out from my local library. Yeah, that or sounds- Or you can borrow my copy. Oh, true. True. You own it. Yeah. That sounds like a better idea. Um, yeah, that's a very speedy read. Good for you. Thank you. It's uh, it's one of those books where like you read a chapter and you're like, I'll just get through one more chapter and then I'll take a break. Oh, then yeah. You finish that chapter really, and you're yeah. like- I just have to read the next chapter. And before I knew it, I was like, I've read 150 pages today. I don't know how this happened. Wow. Well, get excited for book club, everyone. Yes. And oh, I think so these excited. were like our longest favorites ever. It's 25 I minutes. <laughs> we both had long stories to tell in our yeah, yeah. review. Lots Hopefully you guys on. find these entertaining. I always like when I listen to podcasts and they use the first part as like kind of a catch up because I feel like I know yeah. them. So yeah. hopefully you guys feel the same. If not, yeah. feel free to let us know in our anonymous suggestion box and we yes. will do less be more concise (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right let's move into the main episode topic how to be a morning person or how to become a morning person i guess is really the gist right kind of both kind of both okay cool so our first tip is to know your why so if you know anything about our show you know anya and i really prioritize our health sustainability and building a community around the things that young women go through that's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diasty in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv for Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode. Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators. Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down. Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million menstruators are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton. It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with. With their subscription-based model, it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more. They have products for every type of period, from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups. Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste, reusable, and lasts up to 10 years. Plus, the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it. We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode. So, like, really have a reason as to why you want to be a morning person, or you want to wake up earlier, or enjoy your mornings more, because... Obviously, like building any habit, it starts out pretty unpleasant. Like you might be tired Mm -hmm. at first and it might feel really easy to give up when you don't have like a greater goal in mind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some examples of, you know, your what your why could be would be like maybe you want to avoid having a hectic morning. I know that's it for me. Like I absolutely hate being in a rush in the morning. Like I feel like it sets my day up just to be horrible. So Mm -hmm. that's like the biggest thing for me. Um, Maybe it's like fitting in a workout. Maybe you prefer to work out first thing and you want to get that over with and have a great rest of your day. 
Maybe it's just having more time for yourself. Maybe you want to enjoy like drinking your cup of coffee and not having to jump right into like logging on. So I think there's lots of reasons and you'll know your why more than anyone else. But Mm -hmm. just being able to like identify that mentally will help you get past the hurdle where it's like really hard because if you Mm -hmm. don't have a distinct reason, it's so easy to give up and not actually go through with it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I think it's also important, especially as you start to change this habit, um, don't expect it to change overnight. That's a punny joke that Anya wrote. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, you seriously can't expect it to change overnight or even within like the first week of trying to be a morning person. Um, It just takes a certain amount of time to build a habit. I want to say that isn't it like universally known that it's like 30 days to build a habit or like a month? Yeah, I actually meant to research that before this. I wanted to put it in here, so I'm not sure, but that sounds right. I'm pretty sure it takes at least like 20 to 30 days to build a habit. Um, And especially if you're working against what you're naturally predisposed to, if you're trying to sort of reset your sleep cycle so that you're going to bed earlier and waking up earlier, then there's going to be some rough patches. You're not going to be perfect in that first week or even that first month. Um, But can't give up. It's not going to, anything worth doing isn't going to come easy. Am I right? You're right, bestie. And I think kind of going off of that, you can try to make changes incrementally Mm -hmm. and that can help you like avoid, you know, like the burnout or feeling like it's not sustainable. Cause I feel like whenever you're trying to make like healthier choices, whether it's like for your physical health or like your mental health, um, if you try to like jump in and change everything about what you're doing right away, that's when it makes it feel like really unsustainable. So like if you're on, if you want to like eat healthier, like switching to only eating salad every day is not going to make you happy. It's not going to be a long-term habit. So kind of in the same way, you don't have to like suddenly decide that you're going to be a a. 5am person. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. you currently naturally wake up around like eight, which that's still a morning person to me by definition, but um, you know, maybe you wake up at eight and you want to wake up earlier than that. So try setting your alarm back 15 minutes for a week and then the following week set it back another 15 and eventually you'll work your way to being the 5 a.m. type. But I think just trying to like jump in head first is just not really like setting yourself up for success necessarily. Yeah. And I'm glad you bring up the fact that like 8 a.m. to you is still being like a morning person because I think like the idea of like my productive 5 a.m. routine like is really glorified and like you don't have to be waking up at 5 a.m. every day to be a morning person you don't need to be waking up at 5 a.m. to be a productive person um so maybe for you waking up at 7 a.m. gives you enough time to fit in that workout or have a slow morning or do whatever it is you want to do for yourself and that's totally fine you can have your end goal be 7 a.m. and maybe two years from now you want to bump it back to five or maybe you want to bump it back up to eight who knows um But the goal is to adjust your schedule so that you can have some time for yourself in the morning to do what you want to do before you have to start the work day or, you know, whatever tasks and responsibilities you have throughout the day. Yeah, definitely. So those were kind of like, I guess you could say mindset tips. Mm -hmm. Um, So most of the rest of our tips are more like tactical, like physical things you can do. So to kind of kick that off, This is something that I've always heard about, but I guess I didn't realize that it affects sleep. I just thought it affected like your metabolism. Mm -hmm. But when I was doing some research for this episode, one of the big tips that I saw was to eat dinner earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, And so some of the guidance that I saw from doctors said that um, if you aim for a good three hours before lights out, then you'll be in a good place. And it's really because 
you know, your body has to work hard to like digest the food. So you don't want your digestive system to be working overtime when your body is meant to be resting and recharging. So I guess by eating just a little bit earlier, you kind of allow your body to start that work and not be on when it's trying to be off. I'm not a scientist, but that was Mm -hmm. one of the tips that I saw. And I'm definitely guilty of this. I feel like I just don't get hungry until kind of late. Like Mm -hmm. I think it all kind of compounds because I like to eat a late lunch. Like I eat lunch around like two and then I'm not Mm -hmm. hungry for dinner until like eight and then I'm going to bed at like 10, you know, or 11. So I don't give myself a ton of time there. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely one that I need to work on. Yeah. Um, I actually, when I saw that you put this down on our little word doc, I went and did some research too. Cause I remember hearing that you should also eat like a lighter dinner. Um, which makes sense. Like if obviously your body has to digest food and so the lighter dinner you have, the less it's digesting. And also I'm someone who believes that food serves more functions than just fuel, but one of the functions it serves is fuel. And so if you think about it that way, like putting a bunch of food into your body is kind of telling it that like you're gearing up for activity as opposed to like sleep. Um, And I remember my brother telling me, and my brother's a physical therapist, so do what you will with those credentials. I mean, I think he probably knows more than like the average person, but like he's no nutritionist or anything like that. But he always told me as he was going through school that um, breakfast and lunch should really be your biggest meals um, and you should eat them before like mid-afternoon and then have that earlier dinner and have it be on the lighter slide um, to help with your digestion and your sleep and all that. So do with that information what you will. I mean, if you want a carbo load for dinner, I'm not going to stop you, but (laughs) just food for thought. Oh my gosh, so many puns in this one, you guys. (laughs) Um, The next tip, it might be a little more obvious, but it's to avoid afternoon caffeine. Everyone's body is different, obviously. Some people are like tanks and like aren't affected by a cold brew. Some people can't have a green tea after 2 p.m. That's me. Um, (laughs) I've learned. I, I don't know if you guys remember, but I think like earlier this year, maybe like around January, February, a lot of my weekend reviews had to do with sleep and like caffeine because... I was having a really hard time sleeping at night, which just stinks. Like I also would have kind of like sleep anxiety to a point. So it's like you can't sleep and you're also making yourself anxious about the fact that you can't sleep. Mm -hmm. And then obviously an anxious state is not making you more sleepy. And so it just like compounds on itself. But I found that cutting off afternoon caffeine like really helped me and just cutting caffeine intake in general. But my cutoff is personally 2 p.m. these days. I very rarely will have any caffeine after two. And if it is, it's probably just like some tea or something like that. So that helps me a lot, especially if you're like if, – if you're struggling to become a morning person because you can't fall asleep early enough to justify it, I think this will be like mm-hmm. a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And my personal cutoff for caffeine, if anyone was wondering, is usually three to four. But I'm going to be honest, most days I just have a cup of coffee in the morning and then – that's it. I don't really have anything else caffeinated. But yeah, I normally only have a cup of coffee in the morning and then that's like really it. I just drink water and like sparkling water throughout the day. Occasionally I'll have like a caffeinated sparkling water. Um, Those are crazy. What's the science? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, But yeah, so definitely important to like know your limit and when you can cut off caffeine. And then kind of on the theme of going to bed earlier. If you want to wake up early, you got to shift your bedtime to be earlier and really listen to your body and go to bed when you feel tired. 
Um, I personally think this is like the most crucial step to becoming a morning person. I don't buy into the idea that like, I don't know, I feel like hustle culture really generated this idea that like, if you sleep more, like you're not productive, like blah, blah, blah. Like, mm. It wasn't there like a, I want to say it was like Steve Harvey, but I could be making that up. Like a viral video where he was like, no one who's successful gets eight hours of sleep. And like, he what? starts talking about like the stock market. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, like, please let me, actually, I'm going to look it up because I want to know if it's Steve Harvey. <laughs> Steve Harvey. While you do that, I kind of want to add like, part of this point is to go to bed when you feel tired. And I think kind of on the same like capitalism notion, I feel like we've been told like, if you work a long day and like you're tired at the end, like you still want to like stay up and like watch a show or like do the things that you want to have time for. And while that's definitely true, you are like messing with your own circadian mm-hmm. rhythm if you're not just letting yourself fall asleep when you're actually tired. Mm-hmm. So just food for thought. <laughs> yeah. And it was Steve Harvey. Um, and he says that the rich don't sleep. Uh, I think that's BS. I think it's bullshit. I think you should be getting seven, eight hours of sleep. That's like how you live a healthy life and you can be plenty productive while still getting seven to eight hours of sleep. Um, so whatever your goal is for waking up, try to get in seven to eight hours, make your bedtime so that you are getting that full time. Cause believe me, like you will just be happier in the end. Like sleep is so critical to your overall like health and well-being. Um, and I just think that you can't possibly be successful at becoming a morning person if you don't allow yourself to get the sleep that you need. Definitely. Um, the next tip, and I used to do this in middle school and I have definitely fallen off, but prep your morning the night before to make it as easy as possible for yourself. So I remember I used to do this in like middle school, early high school was like, I would prep my outfit for the next day. And even just having like that one decision made for myself in the morning, like knowing that I was waking up, having to do like one last thing was really motivating. So I definitely Mm want to do that again, because I, part of like my morning stress is figuring out like what to wear and that kind of thing. So I think that can be really helpful, especially like, you know, if you're going to go to like a workout class and you know that you're going to try to make a last minute excuse, like setting out like your sports bra and leggings so that it's like as easy as possible to get your day started um, can be a big game changer. Another game changer is to avoid blue light before bed. I feel like we're all on this bandwagon of being anti-blue light, but I was kind of curious like what the actual science of that was. So we're going to talk about it a little bit. So um, one of the mechanisms that tells our body that it's not time for sleep is seeing blue light. And that's because it used to be that the only source of blue light was being exposed to the sky, like the blue light of the sky. Yeah. Um, But obviously times have changed and now we're being exposed to blue light from our phones throughout the evening and the night, our laptops, our TVs. Are TVs blue light? I think so, right? I think technically. Um, And this is all like long after the sun goes down. And so our bodies shouldn't be having that blue light exposure at that time. I don't know why that's like such a simple explanation, but it was like mind blowing to me. (laughs) No, honestly, I I didn't know how it worked. Um, So the problem with blue light is that it signals the pineal? Pineal, I think. Pineal? Yeah. The pineal gland in your brain uh, to not put out melatonin, which melatonin is, I believe it's a hormone, right? Yeah. That your body sends out to tell you that you're tired. Um, So when you're not putting that out, you don't get sleepy. So... Even with, I think most of us are probably getting exposed to blue light from our phone. I know I am a horrible phone scroller before bed. Um, but even when you put like a blue light blocker on your phone, 
uh, scrolling is neuroexcitatory, and it's telling your brain that it's time to get revved up. It's basically telling your brain the opposite of what it should be when you're trying to go to sleep. Um, so when you're trying to wake up and have, you know, a good morning and wake up nice and early, your brain wasn't ready to go to bed at the right time, and then you didn't get your eight hours of sleep. It's a vicious cycle, man. It really is. That's, like, so mind-blowing to me that, like, our body is smart enough to be, like, oh, sky equals awake time. Like, it, it's so simple, yeah. but it makes so much sense. And it's crazy that, like, the invention of electronics, like, messes with our, like, literal, like, biology so much. <laughs> well, and I'm sure, like, not to, like, have a history lesson, but I'm sure even just, like, <laughs> electricity in, like, general must have, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? I don't know. No, true. Anyways, yeah, because you can, like, have a light on. Like, I assume like we have lights in the on olden right days. Yeah, like, I assume in the olden days when it got dark, you're like, all right, time for bed. Like, nothing else to do. Yeah. But, like, I think that's there's exactly so much else to do now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, And then another tip that we have to avoid blue light before bed is to build new habits. I know that might sound scary to build a habit on top of trying to build another habit, but it really will help. So our suggestions are reading, meditating, journaling, or utilizing CBD or even small doses of melatonin. Definitely don't suggest like relying on melatonin or using it super often. Um, just because I know that if you supplement melatonin, it can sometimes signal your body to stop producing it naturally, or at least not in the appropriate amount. Um, so if you try to not take melatonin, it could make it harder to fall asleep after the fact. But within that first, you know, couple of weeks, if you need a melatonin or CBD boost to help you fall asleep, then go for it. Definitely. I just got these, um, I'll have to look at the brand and let you guys know, but I got these CBD like bedtime mints. So they have like lavender CBD and like a bunch of other like herbal concoctions. And when I know, when I know that like I have the potential to have like an anxious night, like if something big is coming up the next day or something, I just like to have them on my nightstand. So recommend something like that if you're similar. Um, The next tip is to upgrade your bedroom if you need to. For example, mattresses are a huge deal when it comes to like your health, which is interesting because it's just a piece of furniture. But if you think about it, you're literally spending like half your life there so if it's not, you know, supporting you in the right ways, if it's like firm when you prefer when you prefer a soft mattress or like vice versa, like can really have an impact on the quality of your sleep and like therefore the quality of your life. Yeah. Um, and mattresses are really expensive, but it's definitely an investment that is worth making if you're finding that it's affecting you. Um, and also good pillows, good comforters, like invest in all of that good comfy stuff to like give you the best shot to have a great yeah. night of sleep. Um, and I think you had like a pillow wreck. Is that right? I did. Yes. I really like the bamboo ones. I don't know where I was gifted mine, if I'm being honest. So I don't know where you can purchase them, but they're like memory foam made out of bamboo. And I love them. They're super, super comfy. I sleep on one every single night. And yeah, I think a pillow is also not as crucial as a mattress, but pretty crucial to have a nice mm-hmm. comfy pillow. The next tip is to sleep with your blinds open or get a wake up light. So this kind of goes back to like the core biology stuff we were talking about before. Like mm-hmm. your body is prompted to wake up um, with like natural light and like your circadian rhythm. So I actually am really bad about this one specifically because I oftentimes use a sleep mask. <laughs> oh, so geez. you like can't wake up to light. 
Um, But if you guys have seen those like wake up lights, they're like the alarm clocks that like gradually get brighter and brighter and brighter. I kind of want to get one of those for the winter and like get out of the habit of using my sleep mask. I don't use it often, only when I'm having like a hard time. Um, Can you guys tell I have like so much sleep anxiety? Really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, those are really cool. I've heard good things. You can also get ones that like are birds chirping. <laughs> um, yep. And there are also apps that can help like wake you up when you're out of REM sleep. So I think one of those is called Sleep Cycle. And it basically like tracks – you like put it on the mattress with you and it like tracks your movement and can kind of tell like when you're close to being awake anyway so that you're not like feeling so shaken out of it. Because I read somewhere mm-hmm. that like having that almost like drunk feeling when you wake up mm-hmm. is because you were like really brought out of REM sleep quickly and you're like disoriented. Um And then I saw another app that I'll just throw in here called Wake and Shake. And it's an alarm clock where you have to shake your phone for it to stop. So if you like put your alarm, like if you put your phone like across the room from you, you would have to like wake up and shake it. And at that point, you're like kind of already out of bed. But that kind of goes into the next tip. So I'll turn it over to Kylie. Yes. So the next tip is to not snooze your alarm. If you have to put your phone across the room like Anya said if you have to use like a like a traditional type of alarm whatever it may be to get you not to snooze because snoozing will just make you more tired in the end so it really is just like one of those you have to rip the band-aid off type of moments um I think it's because you're like going back into REM sleep again I think that's like the reason like the same thing I was just talking about yeah that makes sense um so yeah Do whatever you got to do to get your phone across the room so that you're not going to snooze it. And then the next tip, this one's really simple, but make your bed first thing. Obviously, if you get up, rip the Band-Aid, shut the alarm off, and then make your bed, you're going to be a lot less inclined to jump back into it. Um, And throughout the day, we'll get to this in a later tip, but you'll be less inclined to just like get into it later in the day to take like a nap or things like that. Um... And then our next tip is to create a morning routine and give yourself things to look forward to. So it can be as simple as like just romanticizing that morning cup of coffee. I've gone to bed thinking to myself, I'm really excited for coffee tomorrow. (laughs) And that's okay because I went to bed and I had something to look forward to in the morning. So whether it is just like getting your caffeine fix, a workout that you're excited to try, reading a chapter of a book that you're really enjoying whatever it may be, give yourself something to look forward to when you wake up. So it makes getting up and ripping that bandaid off even easier. Yeah. I think for me, something that I could definitely incorporate is like getting outside in the morning, even if it's just Mm -hmm. for five minutes. Like even if you just like drink your coffee outside instead of inside, I think that can make a huge difference in just like setting the mood for your day. Getting like a little bit of vitamin D early on is huge. Yeah. Um, Another tip is to make a real breakfast before you leave the house. So I know some people are just like less breakfast inclined than others. Like maybe you don't have a ton of like a big appetite in the morning. And so obviously everyone's a little different here, but um, I think really taking the time to make yourself like real food, like real nutritious food, not just like grabbing an iced coffee full of sugar and like running um, can make your morning so much more pleasant and really make you more of a morning person because it'll sustain you more for the rest of the day. So you're not going to hit a wall in the afternoon as much as you might have without that. Mm -hmm. And then another tip, Kylie kind of alluded this earlier, but avoid the urge to nap. And I feel bad saying this because I know for a lot of people, napping is like a self-care thing. So obviously do what you want. You know, some people really value naps, but I personally am not really a napper anyway. Um, 
you know, sleep anxiety. But (laughs) if you do feel the need to nap, you really want to keep it a power nap according to research. So keep it like 10 minutes, 20 minutes and try to do it in the earlier, like mid afternoons that it really doesn't disrupt your sleep schedule as much as you can avoid it. Um, And also just look at napping like a refresh rather than a time to like really catch up on sleep because that's how you get yourself into trouble with your, your rhythm and all that. Oh yeah. Not trouble with your rhythm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the next tip is to avoid working from your bed throughout the day. I feel like this is a very like pandemic slash post pandemic type of Mm -hmm. tip, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. So if you're a student, if you're still working remotely, like I'm still completely remote for my job, it really is important to have a separate workspace for throughout the day. It really, I remember actually my friend studied psychology and I remember her telling me like our brain is smart enough to like know when you're in bed when you're relaxed and stuff and it starts to associate different things with that environment so if you're working from bed then it's going to start to think of your bed as like a workplace and you're not going to be able to relax um so I remember when I was talking to my friend who was studying psychology she was like like the healthiest thing you can do is save your bed for sleep and sex and that's it (laughs) everything else should be do done outside of a bed um, I don't know why I wasn't and I was prepared like, for that. <laughs> I remember when she told me that too. I was like, whoa. And then I was like, that makes sense though. Like that makes sense. Um, but like your brain like no naturally knows to like associate those two things with your bed. And when you start disrupting that, then it disrupts your sleep cycle. I'm sure I'm explaining like I'm botching this explanation and she could give like a way more intelligent explanation, but I think that's like the basics of how it works. No, so definitely try to avoid it. Um, have a separate workspace, even like Avoid like eating in bed. I'm like a big. I'll I'll take snacks to bed if you know what I mean. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not proud so of it. That's like very yeah. bizarre to me. I'm not proud of it. Are you like an outside clothes in bed person too? Yeah. Like, would you be disturbed if you got in like wearing like the leggings that you wore out during the day? No, I wouldn't get disturbed. I'm also not like a huge freak about that, but I know some people are really bothered by the idea of outside clothes in your bed, which is really funny. Oh my God. So if you're one of those people, let me know. I want to know your – I mean, I get that you're just like dirtying your sheets faster than you would have to, but like aren't your pajamas like kind of also like outside clothes? Like you're wearing them – I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Um, And then kind of our closing tip is try to be consistent. Like we said, that's really important to building a habit, but also – Don't be too hard on yourself. Kind of like what Kylie was saying earlier, it's important to remember that being a morning person is really glorified in our capitalist society as being the epitome of productivity, but you might just be the person who's genuinely more productive at night and that's okay. You got to listen to your body. You got to do what feels right for you. If you are really committed to becoming a more of a morning person, that's definitely something you can play with using all these tips. But if you're just naturally a night owl and you don't mind being a night owl, I'm surprised you made it this far in this episode, but like, go off, you know? <laughs> yep. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself, bestie. Love that. Well, that concludes this episode of Two Degrees Hotter. You guys know what to do. You can follow us on Instagram. Definitely read the books to participate in our book club. Yes. And we will chat with you guys next week. Yes. Chat with you guys next Tuesday. Bye.